Hey, Real Talkers, it's Dr. Nikki here, and we are watching Never Have I Ever, Season 3, Episodes 5 and 6. Enjoy the episode. Love you all. Hello, everyone. So glad you're here to talk about Never Have I Ever with with me, Angie Solly, and Dr. Nikki is here, and we are talking about Season three, episode five and six. So maybe you've watched this show a while ago. Maybe you're watching it with us and listening to each podcast after every couple episodes. We're glad you're here. Let's talk about all the emotional reactions that we see in our characters, all the fun and all the really dramatic, kind of sometimes immature emotional reactions we have. So we've got... Paxton volunteering, Kamala's moving out, uh, and Davy is desperate to kiss anyone to make herself in get in the vibe of being, I guess, available to date or and not looking like some kind of I mean, what what did it mean when she when she hadn't kissed someone recently? Well, I think the reason why it was a big deal was because Des had ghosted her and somehow Eleanor came up with some incredibly like out there theory about somehow people can tell that you have not had any experiences or that you're kind of like dusty or out of practice or whatever. And that's going to make you less desirable. It's not interesting that you're less desirable if you hadn't kissed anybody for a while, or if you hadn't done anything or dated somebody for a long time. So she thought that if, 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 if Davy somehow had this particular experience, she would all of a sudden be desirable to somebody who appeared that didn't desire her, but we have no idea what was going on with Des. I mean, we, we have no idea why he ghosted her or why he didn't text her. Like, like how long do you think is a reasonable enough time to actually wait for somebody to text you? How long should you give somebody? Should you text them or not? Like, like so many questions here. Yeah. I mean, I, I, who knows what the answers to any of those are. Everyone's going to have their own individual standard for what they say they feel like is okay and when they feel ghosted is it fine if Des doesn't communicate for three weeks and then sends a message and says like hey let's hang out do you feel offended because he didn't contact you sooner or that's no big deal everyone has to to figure out what they are okay with I think but then we can really get wrapped up in that idea of counting down every single day for those three weeks of why hasn't that person texted me back? Why haven't, why didn't they send me a message? What is going on and feeling that insecurity and left out so that maybe you can create in your life some weird idea that like, it's the reason he hasn't texted me is because I haven't kissed someone recently. So I must kiss anyone. It doesn't matter how big of a loser the person is or who it is or how great they are. I just have to kiss anyone, uh, which is- Didn't you think it was interesting that the the only kind of available kissing guy in the drama 
coffee house was somebody that looked even more dorky than she somehow envisions herself. And then all of a sudden when he started to sing a song, so there's something about having a guitar in your hand and being on stage and having a really great voice that all of a sudden makes you look really attractive. And I kind of know this because, I mean, I'm a musician and a guitar player and I definitely felt more attractive in some ways, or people were more attracted to me when I was on stage than when I wasn't. But also the guys like, you know, like kind of the loner type guys were basically in their bedroom, playing the guitar constantly, practicing constantly in that same way that people are playing Minecraft right now. And eventually they became like the desired musicians that everybody wanted, but they were really just a bunch of guys that were like sitting there alone, trying to learn, you know, their best Led Zeppelin solo note for note. Like, it's just really interesting. (laughs) So I don't know, did Alejandro look that much more interesting to you after they called it the Ed Sheeran effect? Because I definitely... I think people really love Ed Sheeran and I think he's a great voice, but I'm not exactly sure why. So he's not, you know, not traditionally, you know, he doesn't traditionally look like somebody like the heartthrob that people somehow believe he is. Right. Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's clearly some kind of appeal that once someone is musically talented and on stage, it's somebody who may look not that amazing in another situation suddenly because that rock star thing becomes really appealing in in our culture and i don't the lead singer of smashing pumpkins or axel rose like although i'm thinking of all (laughs) old bands but ed sheeran is the new one right it's suddenly like they're some kind of heartthrob and everyone has a poster of them on the wall and and thinks they're great looking And I think it's also happens when people achieve certain things, especially in Mm -hmm. our culture. So, you know, you could think the same way about people who have achieved a certain level of expertise in sports or other types of things or people who have, you know, made it in certain business situations or moved up in politics. Like there is a way in which people who are achieving certain types of things within our society become more attractive, and it, it's just kind of fascinating. And then kind of culminating at the end where she did end up kissing him. Clearly, she didn't want a relationship with him. And then Eleanor told her that he was actually sick. So she hoped that nobody had kissed him that night. But I was like, oh, my God, that was just crazy. Yeah, that was pretty silly. But I think the idea is not that she actually needs to kiss someone, but Davy needs to feel that self-worth for herself of like, I am kissable. I am dateable. I am attractive to people. And I think that is a vibe that people do pick up on when you are feeling that confidence in yourself, which may be another factor for the people on stage with the guitar. It's once you see someone who is comfortable with themselves, that does become more appealing to people. I think that is more intriguing and interesting. And you think like, I want to get to know that person. Who is that person? They're kind of cool. 
when you see that inner confidence. Oh, I really love that you said that. So you're right. It's the inner confidence. But Davy is still looking externally in order to get the inner confidence that she needs in order to move forward. And she right. might have it for a minute. Maybe she was feeling really good for a minute. Now, it was kind of an interesting dynamic that was set up between her and Ben because Ben clearly came there because he had heard that Davy was looking for somebody to kiss. He probably hoped that he would be the one that she kissed. He could have offered himself up that way, but instead he did it very underhandedly, like having almost the, the who gets kissed first competition, which is very Davy and Ben, that's for sure. Like just competing in that way, but he would have been better off just saying, Hey, if you want to kiss somebody and get your mojo on, I'm happy to be your kissy or whatever it is. So, and I don't know, I can't tell if Ben understands that he likes Davy. Is he still in denial or is he still heartbroken? So he doesn't want to admit to himself that he likes Davy. Is he just trying to get back to their old competitive friendship? Is he self-aware enough to realize that when he overhears Davy say that she wants to kiss someone that night at the drama event. Does he even realize I want to be there for that? Or does he just unconsciously think, oh, that's interesting. I'll go see what happens. And he doesn't even realize that he has a crush on her. He does realize that, but I think that that whole thing you said about the heart broken, like he's not willing to put his heart on the line in quite the same way as it looked like he was before. Mm -hmm. I find Ben to be somewhat self-aware, like, you know, I mean, other than his, you know, his jerky behaviors that somehow he feels very justified in being or doing. He, he's somewhat self-aware, but I am still impressed. And I know that you go up and down with this, with Paxton's self-awareness. Paxton is consistently kind, at least in these episodes. He was, he says it like he sees it. He's not necessarily meaning it in a negative way. He's there for the advice without trying to show what he knows. And he has a big understanding about what he needs for the moment. And the reason why he's dating who he's dating is he was looking for a certain kind of simplicity and Davy is not simple. And that is true. Now, Fabiola and Paxton at this moment, I think feel like the most honest and kind to people in this whole show. I don't know if you feel that same way, but, no, but I, I love agree. that they had a that, moment. That was great. That conversation. And you're right. Paxton has shown tremendous maturity and growth. He has come really far. And each time there's a lesson for him to learn about himself, he kind of learns the lesson. He gets it. And he says, oh, I did used to be a real jerk to some of these girls. I don't want to be that person anymore. Oh, I can, you know, to not be that athlete, I can evolve and define myself something as something else or work harder at school. He's learning lessons and really changing and evolving. And Ben is still definitely stuck in a lot of being a jerk and being condescending. He hears it when someone says he's condescending, he might say, okay, I'll try to be less condescending. He accepts that and 
realizes it and tries to change it a little, but can't quite get there. He's still saying really insulting things a lot of the time and acting immaturely in a genuine way. But Paxton has evolved a lot. And that conversation where Paxton sees that Fabiola is struggling was all so funny. She doesn't know how to connect with Anissa or what's happening. And she's nervous about it. And she's not sure about their friendship or how close they can get, but clearly adores Anissa and would like more. And then Paxton sees that as his volunteer opportunity. Here's something I can teach to Fabiola and help them connect. I thought that it was great that Anissa talked to Ben and Ben's advice was never date a friend. It's terrible. You'll be miserable. And she she realized whatever Ben says cannot possibly be right because he doesn't think about these things in a mature way and then decided to do the opposite of what Ben said. So I liked the whole way that played out. Yeah, no, I think that was really, really great. And I don't think that Paxson actually saw that as part of the volunteer opportunity until afterwards, until Fabiola, who is so gracious when people are kind to her, just was like, wow, that was so helpful. And your abilities to connect are almost scary to me. Like, it was just so interesting how she, I don't know, but, but Paxton was so kind to Davy too. Like he wanted to make sure that she was okay. You know, he really was checking in. So while she's just desperately trying to not look upset, and I think all of us really try to always not look upset or look okay or look like we haven't been hurt. Like, I feel like I've made it if it looks like what somebody says to me doesn't bother me. Like I have hit the mother load. You know, that's all I need to do is look like I don't care. And that's not the purpose. And Paxton really just wants to make sure that she's okay. And at the end, when he sees that she's kissing somebody, now Paxton is not gratuitously going out and kissing everybody or picking up everybody on board. Like, you know, and Davy looks like she is, you know, trying to make him jealous and, you know, doing things in order to make herself feel better. And so when he sees her kissing somebody, not sitting around acting jealous or being mean. He's like, oh, you really are okay. All right, heartbreaker, have a great day. He's almost taken her on like like his sister or like a good friend. And I again, like I said, I'm just I'm just so impressed with Paxton lately. Like I'm impressed, but also I still have to give a little pushback on Paxton. <laughs> he says <laughs> He, when Fabiola is talking to him and he says, I don't want anything complicated. I just want something simple. And he kind of describes his current relationship as pretty much just physical. That girl is not interesting. She's not, you know, his best friend. She's not some, they don't talk. Right. That he like trusts and adores. It's this situation. And just that basic idea. I think of any person, um, adult or young person who just said here's what I want in a relationship I just have that kind of ugh feeling like oh, no, you had totally right about and that you had this like thoughtful you know person who was teaching you and you were growing and it was complicated it's not easy that's a complicated re- relationship and Paxton did have it wasn't easy So he had to struggle a lot in that. But then when someone steps back and says, no, I don't want to learn or grow 
it's also a little yuck. Like, yeah, well, no, I, I think you're on. totally right. I hear what you're saying. I mean, I mean, I guess the truth is, is why does he need a relationship at all? Like if he is just yeah. looking for something physical, you're totally right about that. Like, so, so he does suck into this idea that he needs a relationship and now he needs a relationship that's not complicated. And for what, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Like he could actually you know, get to know himself better or like explore other things related to how he wants to grow. Yeah, I totally hear you. And 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 I, I welcome the pushback on Paxton and still I'm kind of like <laughs> loving Paxton. So <laughs> um okay one more thing about this episode is Kamala's story, who I love everything about her story too. And now she's trying to move out she's made that decision we see her gaining some independence and and trying out the certainty in herself and then with that terrible apartment choice I just like that the final decision and conversation was like you're a brilliant woman and you make mistakes it's a bad apartment you never know what's happening and I just thought thought that's a great reminder for all of us that we can be good, strong, capable people and find ourselves in some kind of awful situation that we've made a mistake in that happens in life. Why was that such an awful situation though? That's really interesting to me. I mean, there were some cute children actors coming around being tweens and they were like freaking out about it. I mean, they weren't like they weren't like children of the corn. They weren't like devil children. They were just, you know, somewhat affected and and trying to include Kamala and in things. Like she could have the best time with them. So I thought it was really interesting that that what made that a bad apartment was actually just a bunch of like young actors coming around trying and to. Wasn't it gross too? And there was like the I, I thought that. Davy's mom was saying like the bathroom is gross and things don't work and oh yeah I mean there was carpet in the bathroom or something like you know oh, I mean no. I think yeah I, I I think she's it looked okay enough believe me our first apartments and this is a really great thing to think about you know when you think about when you're starting to live on your own is that you're moving every year you're living with a bunch of people you're trying to afford things that are you know affordable and not too expensive like that is kind of or it feels like a bit of the rite of passage in figuring out how to live on your own that you will live in places that sometimes are not the most desirable and you can't compare it to the house of somebody who has achieved a certain kind of status and makes a certain amount of money but but it's still good enough like there is Mm a fridge there and a kitchen and a bathroom and a you know a a place to hang your hat so to speak yeah yeah we'll see what happens with with her apartment and Kamala being on her own that was funny what about episode six now Ben is completely overscheduled and working way too hard he's got too many classes going and him just being absolutely like tunnel vision he had he's not interested in friendships or sports or developing himself in any other way it's just classes and getting into one particular school it's Columbia I mean I think Columbia is a great Ivy but again it's so interesting that Columbia is his target school I I was expecting more you know of the other of the other Ivies like you know Harvard Yale Princeton something like that like you know I mean as Ivies go I love Columbia I live in New York City but you know 
but I, I guess I I don't imagine that he's not going to get in. But it's it's really because his father went to Columbia, so he's just trying to impress his father. So that that was pretty fascinating to me. I think it's interesting that he's like just eating beef jerky or whatever that is that he's eating. Wait, it's even worse than that. What's that? That that's. Yeah, Slim Jims, right? Slim Jims. Oh my God, that is like the worst of the worst. I mean, I'm vegan. So, you know, Slim Jims, you know, as a doctor and a vegan doctor are like the worst possible thing. I think it's also interesting that finally when everything kind of culminated in himself, it wasn't like he got an ulcer, which would be the typical way in which I would think that somebody, you know, who's really stressed out and working really hard and eating like crap would manifest whatever they're manifesting, you know, body stress related. And instead he was like, fecally impacted. He was basically FOS, which is what we say in medical school, which means full of shit. So <laughs> we're like, they're FOS. So, and th- that is, you know, as, as embarrassing as it probably gets for a young teenage boy, especially in the presence of Paxton. So, oh my God. Yes. But the coolest guy in school, mm-hmm. uh, carrying you around <laughs> He's like, can you not pick me up so so masculinely? He just like yeah. scooped him up and brought him to the hospital. Oh my God, Paxton. I love Paxton. So <laughs> funny. And then we see them learn from each other. Now, finally, Ben and Paxton have this weird situation where Ben is in a completely vulnerable state. Paxton is ended up caring for him and then Paxton really needs help he is stuck writing this college essay and Ben gives him great advice and Paxton has that awareness like I don't know who I am he's stuck writing his college essay about something important and valuable in his life because he can't see it he can't see what was important or valuable in his life it feels scary and overwhelming. And then when Ben says it, it's kind of in a jerky way too, right? Like you have a sister. Oh, tell all this, the the ways your sister has helped you. If you have an adopted sister, that is what you have to write about. That's like college essay gold, which is what, you know, everything. That's what he said. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Yeah, no, it definitely, I think that they had an opportunity to learn from each other, but, you know, I feel like this particular episode, and it's interesting why they put this episode in here. Are they trying to get Paxton and Ben together? Do they want like a a quick lesson about being loved unconditionally, whether you get into Columbia or not by your dad? Is that all that he was looking for? was just that little bit of validation or affirmation. Like, why do you think they put that episode in there? Like it, like this, this, odd little Ben episode that didn't really move anybody else's relationship forward with him. Yeah. I don't, I, I also, this stood out to me as a little, like this didn't fit. I didn't love this episode with the uh, guy narrators kind of going back and forth, but maybe it was just like a guy focused episode. Maybe they wanted to do where everything else is kind of Davy and, and the friend group and Ben and Paxton are valuable characters that we get to see a lot, but maybe they, I had no idea really. (laughs) Yeah, no, and and so that probably means that we don't have to talk about this particular episode very long or much. We might be kind of coming to the end here, but, you know, I, I think it did kind of end up 
just becoming that, you know, you, you are not the sum total of where you go to college. You will not be loved more or less. You most likely will not achieve more or less. And if anything, you're going to give yourself constipation <laughs> if you try yes. that hard. So yeah. And that message, that is something that happens in high school, that pressure to go to college, even if you have declared and decided that you're taking a gap year or you're not going to college directly out of high school. I think there's so much talk and discussion. And that is the question that every new adult you encounter asks you, what are your plans for two years from now? It just becomes such a looming thing as if that will define you or that is the most important decision that you will make in your life. And if you do not get into this one or that one, it's somehow you just feel that pressure, even when, when you're decided, when you have made the decision not to be part of that, the pressure is still kind of looming around you. So I did think it was nice that the father had that conversation and the dad's own awareness. Like I struggled through this. I don't want to do that to you. I love you. I care about you. I'm proud of you no matter what happens next. So that is what we would all like to know and hear and feel more often. That conversation can never hurt to someone tell you, Hey, by the way, wherever you're at right now, I just love you for you. And what happens next year is not going to change that. Yeah, no, I think it's a really great, wonderful conversation. And, you know, and then at the end of it, of course, you know, Ben started hanging out with Paxton and his buddies. I think it's really funny how much Trent loves Paxton. So Mm -hmm. he was like, anybody who helps my friend is a friend of mine. (laughs) Trent is this oddly loyal, weirdly irrational dude. He's always somehow figuring out how to be himself and also be interesting too. I I kind of, I kind of love Trent. Yeah. Trent is great. He's just totally authentic all the time. He's never trying to be too nice. He's like, oh, too bad. You can't come to my party, but we're not really good friends. So I I don't like you that much. So I'm not changing the time. Like, it's just too funny. I love it. It's so genuine. (laughs) All right. Well, you know, I think we're coming to the end of this episode here. Anything else, Angie, or anything you want to tell our real talkers? I mean, just check out, check out the book with more questions. Uh, Keep, keep listening, send us your feedback. If you have any ideas for the, the next other shows we should look at what we should, should we check out Wednesday or I I watched Wednesday. I'm happy to talk about it. I also love, you know, for you and me, Angie, that we talk about parenting because, you know, we've been through it and we're mostly on the other side of it. But, you know, we really, really love thinking about parents and thinking about teens and really how to connect everybody more strongly and really be able to have these fantastic conversations that will move your life and your relationship and your self-awareness forward. I mean, this is really what, what it's all about you know, and this will make the, you know, your lives go well and the lives of you and the young, your young people just go so much better. It's true. And you can root 
reach us individually and work with us directly too. So we're, we're here for you and hopefully creating those conversations in your family. And thanks for being a part of it. Yeah. Take care, everybody.